Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast, the most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight, this is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy, it's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us, we don't do interviews, we do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill, we drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm gonna go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! You know, I got to tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know, the ones that can do it all. Like my Live One app. Music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans. Not those robots hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app we here at the Adam Carolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Corolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Corolla for three months plus for free. No ads. Carcast. I'm Matt, the motorist. Andrew here with Bill Goldberg. General contractor Goldberg. Yeah, general contractor Bill Goldberg. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, maybe that you're gonna have to retire that gig coming up soon. But uh... oh yeah, one thousand percent, dude. Ever knew what it would be like? Uh, you know, being at the helm of a project like this. But you know, it's. It's been a miserable. <laughs> yeah, but the results are badass. You know, I saw the pictures Thank of Goldberg's garage, saw the asphalt being laid down. It's probably I don't even know if it's dry enough you can walk on it yet, but uh. <laughs> they say they say what, 36 hours or something like that. Literally the guys that laid it drove their freaking truck and trailer on it immediately, so I'm like, well, you know, maybe no. 
So I'm not letting no some bitch drive on there yet. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, I don't, I don't know. I may give it a month. <laughs> still close to the finish line. You don't want to be the one that screws that up at the last minute, right? If those guys drive their truck and trailer, that's fine. They're the ones who could fix it. <laughs> and have an AR-15 pointed to the driveway. So, you know, if anybody, uh, anybody doesn't take direction, then, you know. We have plenty of room to bury him out here, so it's all. Good. <laughs> I've got OC, I've got OCD pretty bad, you know. I mean, they're mounting another TV while we're mm-hmm. doing a podcast, and then we got issues with the outlet being seen, and so you can only imagine what's going through my head at the finish line when trades still have to come in and you know cut trim, yeah. which means that I'm going to have little pieces of metal everywhere. It's just very unbelievable. I mean, tomorrow, the next two days are going to be the biggest days, I think, you know, for the construction because it's HVAC comes in and I have to move every car out mm-hmm. because they start up the HVAC is going to blow shit everywhere. And then simultaneously, the four corner garage doors are all being replaced. So why it all, has to be done in a short period of time. Well, you know, before the sundown, so I can get everything back to frick in. Why, so, why are they replacing the garage doors? Oh, you remember the issues we've had yeah. from the first day. I just, and, I, I just thought maybe they were done. So I guess not all of them were done. No, the, the four, you know, they were completed, I think, you know, around three weeks ago, but we've had so much stuff going on. Um, it's kind of like it, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a dance that, you know, if one piece is pulled out, then, you know, you got to start all over. So we're trying to, we're trying to strategically time everything, which never works, right? It never works, but you know, you, you try to make it as easy as you can. I got 27 cars to pull out, you know, I mean, or something. I, I, I don't know, but it's, it, it's fun. It, it, you know, I, it's the first time I get to pull out of my garage and actually land on asphalt as opposed to yeah. fucking 12 inches of drop off and hit the dirt, you know? So, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull everything out and I'm going to line them up and I'm going to run them right through the freaking car wash and then put them right back. In. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, check out uh, Goldberg's garage on Instagram so you can see some of the photos of this done and you get to kind of, you get to see, the exterior, the finished product, you get sort of a, a bird's eye view of what this thing looks like and how you, how the asphalt kind of goes around the whole thing. And I'm sure you're getting tons of comments going, well, that's just a wonderful little drift course right there on the <laughs> asphalt. <laughs> just going around on that thing. Maybe let it dry a little bit more before you dig into it. I can get the cars rolling in and out of it, but uh, before you tattoo yeah. that asphalt with <laughs> – <laughs> with new it's coming. it's coming the first call i got was from hubinette he goes is my drift track ready yet and i'm yeah. like yes it's ready uh i don't know if it's dry but it's ready so <laughs> you know uh, hey where's the burnout pad well the burnout pad is the entire fucking asphalt so yeah, i mean it's, that's it's the whole it. area it's the whole exactly. area it's all good you're gonna go through so many tires <laughs> yeah it'll be good but hey and then you know we're doing the hvac in the next two days, we're, we're finishing up the HVAC, we're finishing up the garage doors. Saturday, that'll all be done. And then I have to pull everything out again next week. Well, I got to go to Barrett. But probably after Barrett, 
I don't know. It just depends on how long it takes. We got to pull everything out and do the diamond cut, you know, cleaning of all the, the floor. Right. And yeah. then I got to pull everything out and, or I got to keep everything out and then get Hubanet or get me in the Cobra or something in there to start just ripping up some tire tracks for Nitto. It's basically a Nitto commercial. And then we're, we're clearing it and then got to move everything back in, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's a dance that's not, really easy but it's not something that millions of people haven't done before i.e you yeah uh, so i mean it, it is what it is i ain't gonna bitch and moan because yeah. at the end of the day I'm, I'm right at the finish line and i'm ecstatic i can't say that every trade's been favorable by any stretch of imagination and that's why i can imagine that the life expectancy of a general contractor on a project like this is drops exponentially <laughs> when you not only have trades that are pieces of shit but you have an, uh, an owner like me who's right on the back of your back of your neck every day looking over your shoulder. So yeah, right. um, I, I wouldn't want to be him for anything in the world, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it's, I think it's all been worth it. You know, we can finally sit back and I mean, I haven't even sat in the structure and had a beer and taken a deep breath and realized, you know, what we've gone through to get where we are and, you know, but I'm extremely thankful again to be able to to fulfill a dream of mine, and I thank everybody along the way. And now all these sponsors that have been with me for years, now I can give them exactly what I've wanted to give them, which is the Garage Mahal. You know, to to be the the jump the jump off point. So right. um, we got Le- Levrack uh, hopefully coming out soon. I'm going to Facetime with them after this this podcast and. Because I have absolutely zero storage in a 15,000 square foot structure, literally, because I, I quite honestly chose to accentuate the openness of the deal. And then I did not realize that, oh, well, you've got to store a bunch of automotive stuff in that space. And so now I'm kind of having to backtrack. But that's where well, Levrack comes into play. But, but being able to do it modular is is not bad like it's a pretty it's a pretty smart way to go because if you if you put levrax in and then let's say you you want to move them or add new stuff you can be able to do that um and the levrax like my levrax system with the shelves and and stuff i've you know i've got the the pallet shelf up on top so the way the structure is built there's i i ended up just taking some a bunch of like takeoff car parts, stuff that I want to save that I know that I'm not going to use anytime soon, an extra set of wheels, stuff like that. I just put it on leftover wood pallets and I just use the forklift to just stack everything up there. And I know it's not going to be, yeah, uh, I don't need to get to it anytime soon. Um, and That's it's, my it's good. Yeah, just tons of stuff out of the way. Like uh, Aaron Hagar that I do shift and steer with, he's been on this podcast many times. Um, he does. He did some stuff like that, but also because his Rat Runner's garage has got a lot of art on the walls, and that's you know he's he's very much an artist. He, his is part display as well, so he's got stuff stored up there. But then he's got a motorcycle sitting up on top of the pallet rack, and it's all up on display, and it looks very cool and uh, stuff like that. Um, and then I added uh, I added the the slot wall at the end. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and then I just got a bunch of modular, you know, like clip in, you know, uh, 
little standoffs and things like that and, and tubs and things. And I was able to hang, you know, all or all sorts of things. It almost looks like a retail store. I've got a bunch of glues and JB Weld and extra batteries, like, you know, AA batteries. And it just was able to really, really clean things up. But the piece that I got that was new after you and I saw it at SEMA was the the big workbench with the casters yep. on it. Uh, I got the eight-foot workbench on it, and uh, that thing worked out great for me. I moved my toolbox out of the way, and I put that up. Uh, I I set it up along a wall where I have some outlets so I can do some work and plug stuff in. But those casters were really nice, and and uh, they it's easy for me to push it on the floor and then up onto – the Swiss tracks on and off the Swiss tracks, right? You can't really do that with the toolbox. It's so heavy. Um, so I can move the entire eight foot workbench over to one of the cars that I'm working on and get it closer to me and then push it back over to one of the walls. So having yeah. that mobile workbench, I thought was kind of cool. So definitely add that to your list when you're talking with them, get something like that, at least one of those. I mean, you've got the space, but you can get as many as you need, but at least one, like they have four foot ones that are actually pretty cool and eight foot ones. And they're all on the heavy duty casters. Yeah. And you know what I like all the stuff that you said that you had hanging with the batteries and the glue and yeah. this, and Hey, that badass workbench that those guys hooked me up with is absolutely fabulous. And that's perfect for the tools and for stuff like that. But as far as storage is concerned, that's where Leverack comes in. But I mean, I, I, I cannot, say enough wonderful things about badass workbench that thing is i mean it's huge it's 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 very useful i mean i cannot wait to clear all the shit off of it and actually (laughs) use it for what it's worth how was the installation of that thing well i mean the good thing is that i can literally move them with pallet jacks i can put a pallet right under the middle of it now it has to be perfectly centered and i can move them with pallet jacks and thank god because I didn't, you know, permanently install them because I knew that we were going to have to move them out for the flooring to be done. So literally, it's just it's two, three, three pallet jacks or three pallets. I just move them in, move them out. Fortunately, I got 114 garage doors, so it's yeah, right. like two feet, two feet to the garage door, so I could just move it right out. Um, it sounds easy, and it actually is easy compared to what I thought it was going to be moving it. But the the they overbuild those things so much yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of the quality of it and the fact that they overbuilt it. But, man, is that some bitch head. Yeah. So. Yeah, that thing's a monster. Yeah, we saw them at SEMA. That thing's a monster. Yeah, um, I'll be at, I'll be at uh, Barrett. I, I don't know. Are you going to Barrett in Scottsdale? So I, I, I am. I, I've, got, I've got work to do here and, and stuff. So I'm going out. I'm going to be out for that that final weekend, probably that Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. I don't know what that that's is, 27, exactly. 28, 29. Yeah, that's exactly when I'm going out. I'm flying out Thursday morning, signing Thursday afternoon for Badass Workbench there. And then, you know, I'm going to do what I can to get a pair of handcuffs to keep me away from my wallet the rest <laughs> of the time. Because I know that, you know, Craig's asked us to sit in his box and I know he, he's going to be trying to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do the old Barry Jackson thing. But yeah, I'm no. Very forward to it. It's been a long time since I've been, and uh, you know, I just like I said, I just got to put handcuffs on myself. So anybody that's going out to Barrett Jackson and wants to swing by and say hi, probably Thursday afternoon. You said over Thursday at the Badass Workbenches booth. 
yeah, four to six, I think it is. And uh, it, it's going to be kick-ass. And, and it's kind of a reunion because truly that's the first time I ever saw a badass workbench. And I don't know if I remember I told you the story, but I, I was in a hurry to get to a signing and I walked through and all of a sudden I see these kick-ass workbenches and I look up at this badass workbench. And me being the Goldberg character, I walked up and I said, when you guys want to do to really represent badass workbench, just give me a call. And, and, you know, they're, they're simple guys, they're welders. And I don't know if they knew how to really find me, but they said they tried to find me for like four or five years. <laughs> and, and then I come out of nowhere calling them and they're like, you know what, we kind of built these with you in mind. And so, yeah, I said, Hey, I'll do anything I can for you guys. They're, they're hardworking welders, man, that just got, came up with this company. They overbuild everything, and it's just fantastic. Everybody that I've talked to that has their product is over the moon with it. And, you know, it's good to, good to be able to partner with people, you know, who are just blue-collar guys that are working their ass off. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, they got good stuff. I uh, We met with them a few times at SEMA. And at Barrett-Jackson, when I was out there, the, one of the, I think it was a year or two when you couldn't go out there. Um, I swung by over there as well and uh, and chatted with them. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good to uh, good to see you again uh, in person and uh, check out Barrett Jackson and catch up with Craig and Carolyn and and uh, uh, everybody will be up there <laughs> that that uh, uh, probably throughout the week. But everyone will be up there that last weekend and and having a good time. It's listen, I. Barrett Jackson is unlike the other auctions, and we've said this a million times before. It's a huge social event as well. Like I love walking up and down the aisles and really just trying to look at as many cars as possible. Um, and then you know, and then in the evenings, everyone's uh, getting together either up in the skybox or someplace and uh, and and chatting. And, and I've got friends traveling from all around the country and outside of the country, from you know Canada and whatever, coming down and and. Uh, and checking it out as usual, so it's always a good thing. There's there's friends I've had for for years now that I just met at Barrett Jackson, like just for the first. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and in all honesty, um, Barrett Jackson started my frenzy with this with this car culture. They really did. You know, Bob Johnson. You remember Bob Johnson with mm-hmm. Bob? Uh, Bob Bob turned me on to Barrett Jackson. Um, and I'll never forget it. Never forget the first time I walked through there and I was in awe. And like you said, and we touched on it earlier, well, not earlier today, but earlier in other podcasts, it, it's, it's a reunion of friends in the car culture. And I'm not going out to look for a car by any stretch of the <laughs> magic. Um, I know I'll probably find a million that I want, but, um, you know, I truly am, am, am going after a, a three to eight year hiatus just to see my friends, and I'm very much yeah. looking for. Yeah, they know that, and they go, "I know you're not shopping, but we'll get you a bitter pass just in case." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just send us your insurance. I'm like, you know what? I'll send you my insurance, but I ain't freaking buying nothing. And I've said that every single time I've gone. Yeah, and I, I don't think I've ever left there without a car. So we'll see. Oh, is uh, is is Marcus Angel coming out? I haven't seen him in a little while. 
I haven't spoken to Marcus, but I will give him a ring prior, and hopefully we can get some dinner and, and, and see him at Barrett Jackson. I, I know he's been busy. I mean, you know, we follow him on social media, and when he gets a chance to post, he's got a bunch of projects, and every one of them just full nut and bolt, just down to the finest detail uh, that he's been doing. So I, I, I know he's busy, and it's not – listen, he just works at, out of his giant home garage, you know? <laughs> What a wonderful life. Yeah, right? he walks outside back, uh, outside of the house into the big garage. And in areas of Arizona, you get to have a big-ass garage. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. uh, there's quite a few um, houses there that are built with like two, three-car garages and an RV garage. Yeah. It's pretty common out there. You'll see that in, in quite a few areas. I mean, obviously, not everybody has them, but in a few areas. And that's where he runs his whole shop, and it's it works out good. It's super convenient. Um, no doubt. So you were talking about uh, uh, some of the cars, um, the Dodge stuff, and I wanted to run this thought by you because I know you're talking with the Dodge guys uh, uh, more than I have been. Um, but Dodge is saying that the future of their cars might not be able to really be modified by the aftermarket. Now, obviously, when you get into things like wheels, tires, body kits, things like that, it doesn't make a difference. But they're talking about performance upgrades. Now, I assume this really applies to the EV cars. Yes. Um, but this is interesting. So Dodge is saying there w- the aftermarket won't really have access to modify the performance of these cars. But through Dodge's direct connection direct program, connection. <laughs> you can get some modifications. Now, yeah. okay, but what? Okay, first of all, talking about modifications, what do we mean? Maybe some sort of tune or something that's available via download, software upgrade, over the air kind of stuff. But also, that could be um sound it could be suspension calibrations uh it can be anything essentially controlled by the computer uh could possibly be modified but dodge dodge has had quite a bit of success with the automotive aftermarket anything from their crate engines to modifying Jeeps, Challengers, Chargers, what we've seen at SEMA over the years, um, what you guys have done, uh, you know, you and and Salvaggio and Gearhead Fabrications and and stuff. So it, I, it just seems a little out of character. It, it, you know what, and it's caused quite an uproar, you know, in the short period of time after the announcement, but. My impression, and this isn't because of what I know, this is because of what I think. My impression is they're just trying to drive everybody to to, to direct connection. And then, quite honestly, short there, shortly thereafter, the public will be able to have a little bit more of a handle on customization. That's as much as I can kind of say. But that that's yes. my okay. impression. Okay, so um- – my thought was similar, was, okay, maybe there are some complexities with their new – with their future cars, uh, the EV side of cars, the EV performance side of cars. We're talking like EV, Challenger, Charger, things like that. 
there could be some complexities. There could be some issues with if you let the aftermarket into the computer to do some things, possibly they get access to too many things such as safety issues, which they're not quite sure yet how to block, right? Just for the sake of safety and lawsuits and whatever. They're saying, hey, if you can ramp up the power of this EV vehicle a little bit, how do we prevent you from doing things that you can't normally, that you shouldn't be able to do? That part, I understand. Um, As you're saying, uh, maybe they wanted to funnel through direct connection. So what this kind of feels like to me is it, they didn't necessarily say Dodge was going to, to develop all of the aftermarket options. They just said they're available through di- direct connection. So Read what, between the lines. Right. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is, is this feels like the, the Apple store. This is people can – other companies can develop or get on a, get on a developer program like with Apple. Create apps or modifications in this case, submit them to direct connection, see if it gets accepted, and then direct connection would handle the sales and distribution of that product, right? Like the Apple Store. And if there are certain rules, now Dodge and Direct Connection is able to look at every piece of aftermarket tune and go, hey, you're you're affecting something that I think is gonna crash the computer in the car like a phone or alter something like ABS brakes that we don't want to, you know, you're trying to do brake tuning and it's not going to work. So uh, just for a little, a way for them to be a gatekeeper Mm -hmm. and a way for them to get a piece of the action financially on all the modifications. I I think that's a great explanation of it. To be quite honest, the, the, the description that you gave in the beginning is so out of character, you know that they are doing something that is in character. They're just not rolling it out at this moment. So, yeah, you know, and, and, and with something new like this, I mean, as you said, security is the main issue. I yeah, security, safety. And I, listen, once you get into the computer of an EV car, I mean, who's to say that thefts don't go up and in and, and, People taking control of cars. I'm not saying complete remote control, but you know, just there's there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of unsavory people out there that are just looking for a quick yeah. buck and stuff. But I, I just think this sort of this Apple Store model is not the worst idea. I think how the news is trickling out obviously leads us to conversations like this with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if Direct Connection said, "Hey," Everything is going to go through us. You're going to be able to purchase it through direct connection. And soon will we be taking applications from everyone in the aftermarket to submit their ideas and their plans. And if they get accepted into some sort of like developer program, tech transfer program, uh, then they have a shot at getting their product in into this direct connection store. Um, so – I don't think it's all quite the doom and gloom that everybody thought it was. But also I, I'm kind of waiting for Ford to do – to say something similar because the word that came out of Ford was the new Mustang, the 24 uh, that they announced is untunable. That's been the word that's going around. I find that hard to believe. But it's a different explanation of what's going on. 
Right. But they're saying, hey, you know, the computers now are so f- integrated into everything else in the car that, uh, you know, we're not going to open up, you know, the ECU is not going to be tunable for whatever reason. I, I, there's no way. It's a billion dollar a year <laughs> a business <laughs> for, for just like Ford Performance. Uh, so I'm sure Ford Performance is going to have their suite of upgrades, and then, like they've done in the past, you can you get the Ford Performance exhaust, and it's made by Borla or whatever, right? So, yeah. and you know the superchargers are now what Whipple and Roush that are in the catalog. It's Ford's not making them, no question. So I, there is no way humanly possible that in the situation that we find ourselves in the automotive world that dodge is going to completely turn their back on what has also gained them you know the most uh, the highest selling sports car in the country again for two years they're not going to turn their back they they're not going to go from offering jailbreaks when when you can customize the car to the to the smallest detail to turning their back on what's made them who they are and saying, oh, well, from now on, there's no way you can adjust anything. You can't, you can't upgrade. You can't modify. It's just and, – and the EV world is quite obviously brand new, right? So they have to make a decision the direction they're going to go, then cover their ass in that direction. And while that's happening, you know, it's like they can't open the floodgates to everybody yeah. to – do their personal customization. I think it's just going to take a little period of time and, and that's it. Uh, you talked about sales. Let's talk numbers. Dodge Challenger has gone up in sales. They really haven't done a whole lot to this car over the, the years. I know we get the special editions. They keep adding horsepower to it, which great. It seems to be working. That's the recipe. But this is another Example. So Dodge Challenger sold 55,060 units. Um, That's up from 54,300 and change uh, over last year. It it outsold Mustang and Camaro. Um, Camaro, we knew for sure. It it outsold Mustang. Mustang was 47,566, which was down from 52,000. This usually happens when they announce a new model because sales kind of drop and then people want to wait for the new model. Um, and then there will be some special editions as we roll this out. But I, <laughs> Challenger, Challenger is selling well because we know it's ending. And by the way, Charger still sells well. Charger is their best-selling vehicle. Charger sold, uh, I think it was 80,000 examples versus Challenger's 55,000. I'm surprised Challenger sold 55,000. Nothing against the car, but it's a little long in the tooth, and it's just a it's a big muscle car. It, for reasons that we love it, we love it. But to sell that many, that's a lot of enthusiasts that really want this car. But there's one thing that uh, Adam Kroll and I have said a, a million times before is – when you threaten to take something away from someone, that's when it really gets popular. You know, yeah. you, you you take away that that big V eight supercharged gas engine vehicle, and it it sells more. It sells more popular. Now Ford said, "Oh, we're doing a new Mustang. We're going to have gas engines. We're around for another five, six, whatever, ten years, right?" So those guys feel like they have a little bit more time. Challenger said we're we're not going to do it. 
we want to go out with a bang. We're going to do some more special editions, and they've been announcing little things every couple of months. But when you threaten to take that away, right? And I, anything for that matter, right? If you if you take away, if you threaten to take away guns, right? <laughs> what happens? Sales go through the roof. You can't have something. Well, now now I want it even more. That's so, right. Yeah. That's Human right. Nature. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's just kind of a, a an interesting an interesting thought. The numbers are are interesting to see. Um, Meekum just had a big auction. It's still going on because it's I don't know they do something that's like ten days long the uh, in Florida and uh, bought three cars already. Did you? And, they, and, and they'll be delivered Friday. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you get? Uh, not me, my neighbor. Bought oh, your 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 neighbor bought three cars. Uh, a friend and I have been uh, creeping on all of like the '90s cars, right? All of the trucks and Tahoes and and Camaros and 454 SSs and Lightnings and Mustangs, and looking at all of the numbers. And um, my feeling is there is there is a little bit of settling on the market, you know. Uh, um, well, contrary contrary to that thought process, my neighbor also sold his Superbird, which was a a transmission, uh, a date coded transmission. That's the only thing that didn't come original on the car, and it was a bench seat column shift. Mm, okay. He sold he sold the car right before I don't know. It was a couple months ago, and then it just came up for sale, and it went for one six at Meekum. Wow, that was his car. I did, yeah, I saw it. I didn't know that was his car. Yeah, listen, there's still some things that are really doing well, uh, but there is a little settling, you know, with with interest rates going up and people trying to hold on to cash and being a little unsure of of the market's going to be. Plus, tens of thousands of of layoffs, uh, of multiple industries, including mostly in the in the tech space. Well, that and where the industry is going right now, you know, yeah. I mean, do you, do you invest in in an old classic because you know it's always going to hold that value, or do you invest in a new car which is going to hold its value because it's the last of the line? So, I mean, I yes. think that that has a lot to do with the falling off or not the the leveling of the the collector car market. So there was there was a statistic that came out. And forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know the exact percentage, but there was a significant drop in used car prices. And the way they track this is is when dealers uh, trade for you know get trades in, trade ins and then they sell them to auctions. They don't necessarily resell them all on the dealer lot. They go to the auctions. The overall used car market. Uh, by the auction acquisitions has has gone down a pretty significant jump um, very recently. So maybe there's a little bit of settling of the uh, of the uh, used car market. So I think so. I mean, but there, but like you said, there are a couple of different factors to it. I mean, it's not it, necessarily market in itself; it's what's affecting. Ben's got the Ben's got the. I'm seeing three percent drop. Three percent drop, which when you. When you look at the numbers across the board, that's a significant enough uh, percentage to, to to feel the difference. Yeah, looking yeah. like it could be more moving forward. They're saying in this article. Yeah, so there you go. So it's starting to go down, but that's probably not what's going to happen over at uh, Barrett Jackson. <laughs> I mean, like, no. what when we talk about what we, what we're talking about is a lot of 
the you know the kind of the cool cars that are not you know five hundred thousand plus cars, a couple hundred thousand and more. We're talking about yeah. the sub hundred thousand dollar market of of you know like right now that's a lot of nineties cars that are showing up. I'm bringing a trailer and Meekum and, and you know the the weekdays at Barrett Jackson. Uh, before you start to get to a lot of the the big dollar cars, the star cars, the things like that, we're not talking four GTs and Ken Miles Mustang. We're no, we're we're, we're talking about we're another. not talking Friday Saturday cars. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, at Barrett Jackson, the salon cars. We're not really necessarily talking about those. So, uh, but it is going to be interesting to see how things go this year. And by the way, we talked about bring a trailer. Uh, we spoke to them. Uh, Adam and I spoke to them on Carcast. I think. Uh, August, September, somewhere around Monterey Car Week, and they were just hitting that $1 billion mark. And uh, their predictions were a billion dollar a year. And I think they surpassed $1.3 billion uh, in, in total sales on bringing a trailer. And they still limit the amount of cars. You know, they have a lot every week. I forgot what the number is, like 600 cars a week, but uh, $1.3 billion. And, and that's... That's a testament for the prices and the cars and the way how how Bring a Trailer has selected vehicles that are a little bit more into the upper price range. Yep. We talked about the I don't know, the the movement. I don't want to say fad, but the movement of like these very low mile like 90s cars, 80s cars coming out of the woodwork, you know, and you're like, it's a Nissan Sentra. Like, yeah, okay. It wasn't anything special at the time. They sold a million of them. Like, but this one has 300 miles on it and it's a time capsule car. My first thought, okay, then somebody spends up, I don't know, $100,000 on bringing a trailer for it. First of all, I'm like, who the hell has had this thing for 30 years in the garage? A, a bone stock Nissan. Like, why? Why? Why have that? And like, why listen, is that the one, right? I, I, or, or whatever. Just like, you know, some of the things that are a little bit cooler, like a Acura Integra, like R or something like that. Or, uh, the Caprice. Oh, the, the the big the big uh, LT one Caprices that the four yeah. doors, yeah, you know something like that, you know, which I, that was one of my first cars, you know. Uh, so for a guy like yeah. me, if I go out and I see one with like uh, five hundred miles on it, it's it's definitely gonna bring back some memories and be a potential sale. So I mean, it's weird, but that's the age. The, the the age of the people that are looking at those cars right now. Yeah. I, and listen, I, I say why, like why have this? But look, somebody bought, I don't know, a, an Integra or a Sentra or something 30 years ago for $14,000 and forgot about it, left it in their storage, you know, in their big garage. And now they're laughing all the way to the bank going, I just got $100,000 for whatever this thing is. Because I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, – you know, I just walked by and all my friends laughed at me for a decade, two decades going, why do you have this? Why do you have this? Now we know why, because they just sold it for six figures. <laughs> I think what would be cool would be an extremely low mileage IROC, you know? And, and yeah, and they're getting there. Look, but of all those like 80s and early 90s cars, I'm scrolling through Meek and I'm, I'm seeing 20,000, 24,000, 30,000 bucks. And then you get to a goddamn Grand National and it's $250,000. Oh. 
and uh, and it's interesting because Adam and I were talking like I think last week about some cars you can never replicate, but some cars you can. You can't replicate really a Lamborghini Miura, your no. your beloved McLaren F1, right? Mm-hmm. But you could take a yeah F40. But you could take a Buick Regal and do a GNX clone, right? You could take a Mustang and make a Shelby clone, and yep. and that's that's the part like that I think would normally hold back some of the value of of some cars that are easily cloned. Yeah. Um, but I that that's the thing. It's like I like a Grand National because I like what it represents. It was a cool car in the day, but it's just a square Buick Regal that looks yeah. with a shitty dash with flat and 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 in like you look at it, you're like, oh, it's cool because I know what it is. But exactly. it's really not that it's awesome, not, right? It's really no. not that awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. On on some level, the the GTR, like the the new version, you know, whatever, the last 15 years, that car came out and people were like, it's not the best looking car in the world. But every time you see one on the road, you're like, oh, man, it's a fucking GTR. That thing's badass because you know what it is. You know what it represents. And um, I know I can fit in it. Yeah. And you know you can fit in it. And when you get in it, you're like, oh, this is a car. I mean, that was one of the first cars I was like hitting the launch control. And I was like, this is a fantastic you know, feature. I don't know how anybody can get away with this. And now cars all have launch control and, you know, the muscle cars have line locks in them and Christmas trees for drag racing. My truck's got launch control. Yeah. The truck's got launch control in it. And, and by the way, uh, today marks the first day that I've let Gage drive any of my cars really so he took the trx to school today so my butt is puckered like a sunbit <laughs> till 6 p.m tonight man. wow he took wait you took your black trx not the launch edition no no because i gotta draw the line somewhere that right? one's that one's modified okay why the trx of all the cars <laughs> Because it was accessible. It wasn't in the garage. It's a car that I drive every day. Um, and it had the the dumbbells and the weight bench in the back of it that I was donating to the school anyway. And okay. he's like, hey, Ed, let me drive the TRX today. I can drop the weights off for you. I'm like, dude, you're getting smart. <laughs> it's quite the little negotiator. <laughs> you're so just basically because the, he was smart enough to come up with that angle, yeah. that's when I – Are you going to drive his Bronco around today? Uh, no, it's, 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 it's at the dealer because of another recall. Oh, okay. Did you have an issue with it or you brought it in because brought, you, got, you just brought, brought it in because it, it had, a, had a recall? Okay. Yeah. I got to be proactive. Something yeah. like that. I mean, hey, the first recall it had was for a child safety seat. Yeah. Yeah. Quite honestly, Gage, hopefully for, you know, about 30 years, it's not going to have to use that, but. <laughs> You know, he's like, Dad, I don't need to get the recall done. I'm never going to put them in babies. I'm like, listen, dude, just go get it done. Proactive is better than better than right. What you're right, so. and and if if he you guys decide to sell it at some point, you want to know that all the recalls are done for the resale. Absolutely. The strange thing is, this latest recall, the, the car has to be running at the dealer for a minimum of five hours consecutively. Any any hiccup. Uh, it has to be restarted. It has to be started for. It has to be running for five hours. 
So I'm really curious as to what the latest recall is, what it's going to take to get it get it fixed. You got to get us details on that when you find out, because I am I am curious how that uh, how that's happening. Yeah, it sucks, but I, you know I'm not going to bash them by any stretch of imagination because uh, we got another one on the way soon. So. Um. I uh, I know we've got a few minutes left because you've got a, a hard out today, but <laughs> uh, our our friends over at Tesla have decided that the yoke. <laughs> oh God, seven hundred bucks is uh, is going to be now an option and not mandatory. So if you order a new Tesla, you could get it with a regular steering wheel, and if you have a Tesla with the yoke and you're not happy with it. Uh, you could go back and for 700 bucks install, they will go ahead and swap that out for you. <laughs> I'd love to hear opinions from current Tesla owners about that. I'm just saying uh, everyone that, that had so many enthusiastic words on Twitter <laughs> for for us and, of course, Alistair Weaver, which I can't wait to get him back on the show. Alistair's like, oh, he's gonna be, he's gonna show up with the big, biggest, fattest. I told you so ever. <laughs> um, but be, be that as it may, it is now an option. And if you would like to uh, get the yoke swapped out, or maybe purchase one without the yoke, you can do that. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thank you. Twitter. All I can say is let that whole thing speak for itself. We don't even need to comment on it. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for that. I love Thank it. you for that. Um, yes. I'm going to run. I'm going to run one thing by you real quick. What is the future of Porsche? The Porsche is saying we're going to do a combination of uh, gas engines, the ICE engines, hybrid, and the full battery electric powertrains. And this is what they're saying. Cayenne and Panamera will have hybrid and gas engine. Macan is going electric. Tycon is already electric, so that's staying. So Macan's going to be electric. Tycon's going to be electric. Mm-hmm. The seventeen, the 718s, the basically the Boxster and the uh, and the Cayman will go electric. Nine Elevens will be hybrid. Or I believe gas engine and hybrid. So that's going to be sort of the lineup. They're going to go through all. They're going to have some EVs, some gas engine, some hybrid, uh, and they are still moving forward. They're still trying to push this e-fuel technology that they're starting to run in the in the racing cars. And there's been some tests by other companies. I think Mazda and stuff are working on this, um, which. I don't know all the specifics, but naturally I'm a fan, clean burning, something you can get at a gas pump. This kind of seems like – I know. We've said it a a bunch of times. All the rules going, oh, everything has to be EV by 2035 or whatever. I go, yeah, that just gives us 10 or 12 years to change the rule. (laughs) Exactly. What else are we going to have in the next 10 years or whatever before – uh, that rule is in place, um, and it's probably not going to be all EVs, probably not going to be the answer. So uh, anyway, I'm curious to see. I, I like that Porsche is getting into the idea of e-fuels and hybrid technologies as well as EV. 
uh, because the brand is so performance oriented that mm-hmm. they'll be able to push things to a limit that we as enthusiasts would um, – it would definitely get our attention to see what they're doing. Absolutely. So, anyway, uh, that being said, I know we're kind of out of time for today, so we're going to wrap things up. Am I missing anything? No. Uh, I don't know. No, I you got to get outside. So out there. There's so much stuff out there, but you know what I'm well, – the only, there's only one thing I'm thinking about right now. Finishing this garage. So. Finishing the garage. I know you got to give a call over to – yeah, I would imagine as exciting as I am, as excited as I am about finishing it, the listeners are as excited as I am about not about not hearing me talk about it and bitch and moan about it. So, <laughs> well, but um, they want to hear you say it from the podcast studio, not the kitchen counter. <laughs> exactly. But, and you'll be appreciative that uh, carpet is going in as another sound deadener right now in the podcast room and we're ordering the uh the the uh whatever you call them that's behind you the um, yeah, sound box yeah the walls and stuff the panels yeah yeah okay so we're excellent. setting her up excellent um all right guys until next time uh keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel for the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. You know, I got to tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know, the ones that can do it all. Like my Live One app. Music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans, not those robots hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app we here at the Adam Carolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Corolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Corolla for three months plus for free. No ads. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.